0: Okay, well I'll just state for the record then that my name is Michelle Marino and today is Friday, September 14th, 2018. And I am here interviewing Gene Snowden and we are at Ness Brothers Realty in Huntington, Indiana. And we are doing an in-person digital audio oral history interview. Um, And then we got both of our forms signed here and you're okay with the forms? Yes. Okay, great. Well, I'll start with some easy questions. When and where were you born?
1: Huntington, Indiana. Okay. In when? April
0: the 7th, 1928.
1: 1928,
0: yeah. so just the other day, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay, what were your parents' names?
1: Ben, my father, and Anna was my mother.
0: Okay, and what was your mother's maiden name?
1: Or O-R-R.
0: Okay. Where is your family from originally? Right here. In Huntington? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Even going back further, had they migrated from the East Coast, no. your grandparents, or?
1: Yeah, they lived in Union Township, which is just five or six miles. well, out where, um, what's her name?
0: Seiburns? Yeah. yeah. Seiburns. yeah, where they lived. I used okay. to get my milk from him. Oh, really? Well,
1: he'd milk cows and then uh, I'd go out and get the milk and it uh, was fresh.
0: <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> um, What were your parents' occupations?
1: My dad was the manager of Perfects Wholesale House. Okay. It it was a a place where grocery people came to buy their groceries Mm -hmm. and stock their shelves. Okay. And he was there for 40 years, probably.
0: Wow. Okay. And did your mother have a job outside of the home or? Yeah,
1: she worked at, um, what's the name of that place? It's a, um, factory, uh, I can't remember the name of it. Anyhow, she was there for like 20 years Yeah. after she raised the family.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We have four boys, five boys and one girl.
0: And your siblings. Yeah. Yeah. What were their names?
1: Charlotte was the daughter. She's the oldest one, mm-hmm. then Charlie and then Jack and then me. And then Ned and then Jerry.
0: Okay. And then is Jack your, did you have a twin? Twin, uh-huh. Twin? Yeah.
1: Okay. He just passed away.
0: Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. So were you fraternal or identical? Identical. Identical twins. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. I old twins. What? Oh, you do too? Oh, wow. So it clearly runs in the family then. Yeah. What was that like being a twin growing up?
1: It was, uh, we're not much of a competitor because he liked different things than I did.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we both ended up in sales. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I didn't never did see that much of him because uh-huh. he lived out five miles out south of Huntington.
0: Oh,
1: okay. And uh, fact of the matter, his house just sold after he passed away, They sold it.
0: Where did you fall in the pecking order of your siblings?
1: In the middle. In the middle. Yeah. Okay. Because my sister and and brother Charlie were both older than me. Okay. Then Jack was forty minutes older <laughs> than me, and uh, then myself, and then Ned, and then Jerry.
0: Okay. How would you describe your childhood?
1: Good. Could have been better.
0: Yeah. What made it so good?
1: Just family. Mm-hmm. We uh, we were close knit family. Uh-huh. And we, uh, as it happened, we didn't like the same things to do. Mm-hmm. And so each one went thrown away. Yeah. But it worked out real well. Mm-hmm. And they all, Ned lives in Mary uh, Muncie. Okay. Uh, Jerry lives in Elkhart. That's my youngest brother. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Jack lived here, and I was here. And Charlie was, where do you live? He lived in uh, somewhere around here. Yeah. And then my sister, and she lived here in town.
0: Okay.
1: So it was really kind of a close knit, mm-hmm. close knit family.
0: Yeah. What What socioeconomic class would you say you were growing up? Middle. Middle class. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Who were the most influential people in your childhood?
1: Um. Uh, I had a friend of mine that um, when I was like 14 years old, he wanted me He wanted me to drive for him because he couldn't drive. And uh, I was only 14, but anyhow, it worked out real well. And then we made trips to Arizona and all over Mexico <laughs> City. He was an accountant for different companies uh-huh. and he had to have somebody that could drive. So uh-huh. I took that job.
2: Wow. And
1: I was in there for like four or five years. Uh-huh. And uh, then we separated and went different ways.
2: Uh-huh. Well, that's interesting. Yeah.
1: But it was an accounting job and I enjoyed accounting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. As a child, what understanding, if any, did you have about your family's politics or political beliefs? Didn't.
1: We were never involved in politics until I got involved.
0: Oh, really? Were you even aware if they were one party or the other? Or? No. No? Okay.
1: They could only be one, though.
0: <laughs> of course. In which one would that be?
1: Republicans. uh uh-huh.
0: uh uh-huh. Okay. I thought you might say that. Um, well, what schools did you attend as a child?
1: I went to Central School, which is right across the street. And now it's turned into a living quarter place. Okay. Then the high school. And then Olivet, Kanky, Illinois.
0: Okay. And Olivet is a Nazarene school? Yes. Did you grow up in the Nazarene faith? Yes. Did your family attend church regularly? Yes. So an important part. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Okay. How would you describe your educational experiences? Did you like school?
1: I did like school and... I was. I liked accounting real well because of the influence that fella I had. I drove for,
0: uh-huh.
1: and um, and it was it was just an, an interesting time, and uh, I suppose that's one thing that drove me into the different fields I went into, mm-hmm. and so it turned out a real blessing.
0: Yeah. Well, thinking about I guess the <clears throat> the time frame of when you would have been in school, you would have been a. Teenager during World War II—is that right? Yes. Yeah. How did that affect you or your family? Well,
1: we were—we were my twin brother and I were supposed to be called into service, and two weeks before we did, Truman canceled the
2: draft. Oh, wow!
1: Cancel the draft law, so we didn't go.
0: Was that? Or were you happy about that, or sad, or?
1: Well, I'm looking forward to going into the service because it's a constructive area, but it turned out okay. Yeah. You know, you don't know when you're that age, <clears throat> but uh, anyhow, it was uh, it was a good experience, and uh, I made that. Uh, I know. Uh, Truman probably did me a favor, you know, by canceling draft law. But I wish I would have been able to go into service. Mm-hmm. But I never went to enlist. list. Never now was was my vocabulary. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but anyhow, it all worked out.
0: Yeah. Did your older brother have to serve?
1: No. No. Neither one of us did. Okay. Now Charlie did. He was in the Navy, and Ned, which is the one younger than me, mm-hmm. was in the Navy also. We had two of them in the Navy. Okay. And uh, they were at uh, Chicago. Mm.
0: Was your family? Did they take war jobs or affected by rationing or things like that?
1: My my mother worked at uh, a factory that made materials for a war. And uh, my dad, of course he was in grocery business so took care of his time. Yeah,
0: I bet that did affect him.
1: Yeah, he went from from being a worker there to management. So he ran the wholesale house. Wow. They, they sold the groceries. And they also had these hucksters. The guys on those trucks, you know, they go out through the country and sell. So and they'd come in there and load up that night uh-huh. and he enjoyed his work for long hours. I bet. Yeah like from 7 o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. Wow. But it was something you just expected to do you know you're good to have a job mm-hmm. and he felt fortunate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I imagine. Well even as you were getting into your <clears> teenage years what were your views about the state of Indiana or being a Hoosier? Did you think about that at all?
1: No. no? <laughs> <laughs> government was not one of my fortes.
0: Uh-huh.
1: But uh, it's, when I got the exposure to the city council mm-hmm. and the county council,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, it, it became a part of the, the blood relation.
0: Sure.
1: sure. And uh, then it just grew from there.
0: Yeah. So when did you graduate from Huntington High 46, School? 46, 1946. Okay, and then did you go straight to all of that?
1: No, I did three years later.
0: Okay, what did you do in the, the three years between?
1: Worked, worked. Yeah. Just wherever I would find a job. Mm-hmm, okay. But uh, the, the funding was a part that, you know, I didn't have any chance to, my, my parents with five kids, Didn't have the money for it. Yeah. And so I just just stayed and worked. Mm -hmm. And then one thing developed another thing and next thing you know, I'm with the uh, university, with the Olivet Nazarene University. Uh And uh, I ended up uh, on the board there for 41 years. Wow. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's a long time service there. Yeah. Um, well, what did you major in when you were at Olivet?
1: Majored in accounting. Accounting, uh-huh. right. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed that. It was mm-hmm. good.
0: What did you hope to do when you graduated?
1: Didn't have any idea. Uh-huh. I was just trying to find a place to go home.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, and that happened to be a way to do it. Yeah.
0: Did you know you wanted to come back to Huntington?
1: It didn't, it didn't make any difference. Yeah. But when you have, when you have a community that's a part of your life, it's easy to stay here, you know, rather than go out and try to find someplace else. Right. So, uh, but it, it worked out just perfect.
0: Yeah, that's great. How did you view your college experiences? What was college like for
1: you? I was only there a year.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And then met my wife. Well, she wasn't a wife then, but she met my girlfriend. Turned into a wife. <laughs> she was in Michigan. I would never have met her otherwise.
0: Okay. And Carol's, Carol? Carol. Carol uh-huh. Smith? Okay. Yeah. And so you met her there. So did you get married while you were still in college, or did you wait till no, you were after? Till we
1: were out. Uh, yeah. Because uh,
0: okay.
1: she was two and a half years there earlier than I was. Oh,
2: uh, okay.
1: So uh, she jumped a couple hmm of the degrees,
0: yeah,
1: and um, but that's where it all started from. Uh huh.
0: So when did you graduate from there?
1: I didn't graduate. No, you from didn't. That. You just no.
0: went there for a year, yeah. and then and then. So you and Carol came back here. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Gotcha. Um, when you were in college, did you start thinking about politics at all, or no. <laughs>
1: still no? Okay. It was just it's one of those happenstances, you know. Mm-hmm. I was walking down the street one day and this uh, County Chairman mm-hmm. said, why don't you run for for uh, County Council?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I said, what do they do? He said, well, you meet them when they call it mm-hmm. and you govern the County with your judgments. So uh, I said, well, let me talk to my wife. So I talked to her and she said, do what you want to do. So I went back to him and told him, I'd I'd be happy to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was a stepping stone.
0: Yeah. Was that an elected position or no? Yes. Yeah. So you uh-huh. had to go through the election. Right. Okay. Um, well we'll come back to that here in just a second. Um, so when you came back from all of that, then what type of work did you do at that point? Let me think. Um,
1: I can't record it.
0: <laughs> That's okay. Um, did you think that you wanted to do accounting or? No. 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 didn't think so. You wanted to do something else? Yeah,
1: I wanted to, um, sales was the thing I really liked best. Yeah. And I got that from my dad being in the warehouse, uh-huh. whole, the wholesale house. Uh-huh. And uh, and then things kinda took shape too get involved with the political arena mm-hmm. and from there it was just one job after another
0: yeah
1: and I, it was really an interesting time
0: yeah I bet. So when when did you and Carol get married then?
1: We got married in, we well, just passed 69 years here so I'll let you figure it out
0: <laughs> I can figure that out okay yeah. <laughs> um, and then you had children right? Yes in four how, daughters. Four daughters. We had three
1: in one year, because oh. the twins were born a day before my oldest daughter was a year old.
0: Wow, I bet and you all were busy there for a while.
1: <laughs> she was. <laughs> I bet. I'm not scratching or Yeah. Oh
0: my goodness. Um, it, what were your daughters' names?
1: Uh, Connie was the oldest one, mm-hmm. and then Barb and Bever the twins, okay. and Jody's the youngest one. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay, so you started telling me about how you got into, was it county councilman? Yeah. Was that in the early 60s or was that? Early 60s. Early 60s. Uh-huh. Okay. What was that first position like?
1: It was just on call. Whenever they, whenever they needed you, or they'd call a date and you'd be there. Uh huh. And, uh, I really did enjoy every step we took in in the uh-huh. political arena because it was just it was just a different thing all the time, uh-huh. and uh, it it was important to me because I knew that what we did there's gonna affect a lot of people.
0: Mm-hmm. So, what types of things did you do in that position, or what type of problems would come up?
1: Oh, anything involving the county, uh, whatever. Well. There's a lot of different things that affect it, Mm -hmm. but, uh, it's just one of those things where it takes a judgment call and you want to make sure you're doing the right thing because it affects a lot of people. Yeah. And, uh, so it turned out real good.
0: Yeah. So I'm assuming you ran it as a Republican. Yeah. Right. So at that point, had you, did you have a sense of like what the party was like or? No. That, was that what everyone was up here or how I guess how did you get into the Republican Party
1: my closest friends were Republicans
0: mm-hmm.
1: and one of them was the county chairman and so that, that worked out real well yeah and uh, he was the also the the uh, head of the license branch
3: okay
1: so uh, and he was even he was a good supporter of mine
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and gave me a lot of opportunity. I would had otherwise.
0: Uh-huh. And what was his name?
1: Paul Johnson. Paul Johnson, uh-huh. okay.
0: Well, as you started getting in at the county level, so you've obviously Paul Johnson was very influential. Were you looking to state leaders or no. national leaders? No. no. So it was all starting local yeah, then? Yeah, I was
1: happy where I was and mm-hmm. until uh, uh, Senator Gauglaser, who was uh, principal, not principal, but a teacher at the university. And he stopped me one day and said, why don't you run for state representative? He said, we got a joker and a laughing stock of the house. And I said, well, what do you have to do? <laughs> Important question. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, I, I try my I think about it. And so, I asked my wife and she said, do what you want to do. So I just threw my hat in the ring for the state representative Mm -hmm. job and won it.
0: Wow. Did you have to campaign or anything like that?
1: No, I didn't. Okay. Uh, The activities I had in the community were things that exposed you to that element. Yeah. And uh, so it was just pretty much a natural.
0: Sure. So before you ran for you ran for the house first, I right? You. Had you just been a county chairman, or had you moved to the city stuff as well? No, I, the, I
1: was in just the county, county council. council. Okay, and that's uh, where I got to start in the political arena.
0: Okay, um, <clears throat> was it a tight race? Do you remember who you ran against? No, it wasn't. No,
1: okay. uh, I don't remember who I ran against.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: But this guy had been in there for six or eight years. The fellow I defeated, mm-hmm. and I I only went against him because this Senator Calculus told me, you know, he's a laughing stock of the house, and we need to get somebody there that's got some reputation. Mm-hmm.
0: Were you scared at all doing this, or were you excited?
1: I was excited. Yeah, it's a new venture,
0: uh-huh. and
1: it's uh it's Indianapolis rather than Huntington County.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah. How had you spent much time in Indianapolis prior to this? No, no. Uh uh-uh. uh So okay. Well, do you remember what you were thinking as you went to the state house that first day?
1: Yeah, it was like an open, open book. Uh huh. And you wondered who's gonna be writing in it. <laughs>
3: uh-huh.
0: That's funny. Um. Well, how did you start to learn the ins and outs of state government? Oh,
1: from being involved with the state senate, with, with the state representative job.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. that exposed you to all kinds of elements and governmentally yeah. on the state level.
0: Did you have a mentor in the General Assembly, or was it just sort of trial and error as you went? Trial and error as you went. Yeah.
1: Because, see, most of these people came from somewhere else. So I wouldn't have any idea who they are or what they, what their capabilities were. Sure, that makes
0: sense. But what
1: you start to do is look at who you want to image mm-hmm. uh, and uh, then you go from there. Yeah, okay. I had a couple friends of mine that were in the legislature that were real good people to be with. Yeah. And they, they had a good background and well established. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I just kinda hung close to them.
0: Mm-hmm. Who were some of those friends that you made?
1: Well, the one was uh, Charlie Bosma, mm-hmm. and his son now is the Speaker of the House. Right. See, who was there? there were a couple of them. Charlie was one of them. He was the main one because he was in the Senate already. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he was a, a good leader, mm-hmm. a, a good person to mimic. Sure. And uh, it worked out real well. And then uh, Bob Garden was speaker. Of the House. was, I mean, was the uh, president of mm-hmm. And I, I del- developed his relationship from, from uh, being in the Senate. And then one day he said, "I'd like to run for speaker, our president Rotem. And <laughs> I told her to would be glad to help So she had a list of legislators,
3: mm-hmm.
1: Republican legislators. Had them each sign that they were supporting.
0: Mm-hmm. and
1: he was in the military.
0: Wow. Because I think he was kind of a long shot, wasn't he, the yeah. first time? Yeah. Wow, that's neat. And he he held that spot for a long time, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So what then made you switch over from the House to the Senate? Uh,
1: Senator Conklaus retired. The guy that got me involved with the House representative. He retired and wouldn't know if I would run for that office. Uh And... I said, "Well, let me give some thought." And he said, "Don't think too long, because I have to let him know by tomorrow." <laughs> <laughs> he had somebody else that he was talking to. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So I told him I'd do it. Yeah. After I talked to Carol. Sure. But it it worked out just perfect because he was a good guy from the university, mm-hmm. nice personality, mm-hmm. and uh, and he was really helpful to me, knowing what what to do because of. That was green territory for me, uh-huh. So, uh, but from there it's just one step after another.
0: Mm-hmm. It seems like to me that maybe it's a little bit different back in the 60s and 70s than today, but correct me if I'm wrong, did you have to be in contact with your constituents as much or how did you know what issues to take up or what legislation to put forth?
1: Well, of course, if you're known in a community, people let to know what their interests are, mm-hmm. and that develops a relationship that you wouldn't have otherwise.
2: Yeah.
1: And uh, and I was I was a people person, so when they talked to me, I'd listen, mm-hmm. and then weigh up the uh, situation and make a judgment call. Mm-hmm.
0: Would people call your office, or was it more like when you were out of session, back in Huntington, people would come talk to you and say, you know... Yeah, both. Both, both ways, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and
1: I always made myself available to them.
0: Yeah, it's important, I think. Yeah, Yeah. Do you remember the first bill you sponsored in either the House or the Senate, or, or even maybe the first major piece of legislation?
1: No, I don't. Because yeah. in the early years, I just I would just pick up whatever I wanted to to run with, and do it. Mm-hmm. Just I just made sure that it, what I was working on was something I could agree to, and
0: yeah,
1: I'll develop from there. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: What was <clears throat> the regular interactions between uh, assembly members? You know, when you were in session. What was it like you know, talking with or meeting with other people? What were your relationships like
1: well you, you, what you do you got to find somebody you feel that's got the ability to make judgment calls like you would, and then you develop those relationships and uh, it didn't take you long to figure out who's who's good and who's not mm-hmm. and uh, by having uh, an estimate about. That personality it really helps you mm-hmm. and I enjoyed that. Did you
0: mostly work within the Republican Party or did you try to develop those relationships across the aisle too or, or how no, did that work? I just
1: in the Republican Party
0: yeah okay.
1: and then the other side comes to you because they need you for your support you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that that's how that developed.
0: Okay. Um, was there a lot of tension between the majority and minority parties, or did people generally get along even though they differed on issues? What was yeah. it like?
1: You have to live with them because, you know, it's, it's your turn now, but it's theirs the next time.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So you, you just make sure that what you do is a compliment to the, to the uh, job and uh, go from there. That's why I liked about Garden because he was a good guy to support.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Would you say there were any differences between members of the House and the Senate, since you served in both?
1: Yeah, there was. There's a lot more responsibility in the Senate, because there's only half as many of you. And so you have to make sure that what you're doing is something that the others can support. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't support it, you didn't go anywhere. So... Uh, and that's another thing: is picking and choosing what you want to uh, what you want to develop. Mm-hmm. And uh, education at that point was important to me, and uh, that worked out real well.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, you, you just have to you have to well, it's like life, you know. You have to decide what you want to do, and then do after it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's what I did.
0: Yeah. Was education an important issue for you? Early on, or is that something you developed as you were in the legislature and realized you needed to work on? Developed. Mm -hmm.
1: The exposure you get in these different positions Mm -hmm. is what finally determines what you're going to do and not do. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's most of it is just finding out what's best for the people you represent Mm -hmm. and then go for it.
0: What were the values of the Republican Party during your time as a as a legislator?
1: Well, their their uh, philosophy was a lot different than the Democrats, uh-huh. and it fit my bill. Mm-hmm. I mean, I enjoyed the relationship with the Republicans, mm-hmm. and this Paul Johnson was a good example too. He he would help me a lot to know what what the background or whatever was we were working on, mm-hmm. and I appreciated that.
0: Mm-hmm. Were there key issues as like a caucus that, that you felt like the Republicans needed to work on or that these were always the same issues you were pushing or?
1: It changed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It, uh, it depended on what you were, what you were exposed to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But there again becomes a judgment call, you know, you, if, if you like what's right and people enough people know that you are the one they want. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: That's what makes a difference. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, you were serving, I think, when the switch occurred from the annual or biennial to the annual sessions. Yes. How did that change the legislature?
1: It um, made you more astute when it came to selecting what you wanted to do, mm-hmm. because it, it was a lot more time-consuming than every other year,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, I think that's probably the main thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You just have to decide what is going to fit the bill, then mm-hmm. go for it.
0: Yeah. W- Obviously, with that change, you had to spend a lot more time in Indianapolis. Did that affect, you know, your career at that point or your family life?
1: No. And first of all, I got approval from my wife, there'd be a to do through it. So she just, uh, she just assumed it was part of the responsibility. But uh, the other thing is you, when you grow into these positions, you kind of develop a, uh, you develop a attitude toward government that determines where you're gonna go from there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was I was real happy that I chose the direction I did. Mm-hmm. It all worked out perfect.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, you were serving in the 1960s and 70s, and later as well. But that was obviously a really tumultuous time in the United States. Did sort of national issues trickle down and affect state issues? Any big ones that you recall?
1: It does because. Whatever you have on the national level came from the state level. And uh, that's that's where your structure of uh, push and enjoyment Mm -hmm. comes from. Okay.
0: Do you recall what some of the major political or social issues were that you had to grapple with during that time?
1: Oh, no. I don't don't remember.
0: Yeah. Okay. What was your relationship like with your seatmate?
1: Oh, on one side was good and the other side was good. <laughs> My close friend, <laughs> excuse me, was Bill Dunbar mm-hmm. from Tarah Okay. We were, uh, you know, two different elements entirely. And yet we got along real good together and we carried legislation together.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, he became a real close friend. Mm-hmm. Yes, what you kind of do is pick and choose who you think is going to be a supportive of yours and you go for it.
0: Mm-hmm. Kind of surround yourself with those people. Right. right. Uh,
1: okay.
0: Well, you've already shown this to me a little bit today, but I've read you were known uh, for your sense of humor and your puns. <laughs> How did you use humor in the legislature?
1: Well, if it, whatever, whatever they were working on, If it fit a uh, joke or something, I'd relate it,
2: Uh the Uh tie-in,
1: and uh, of course you you do it with intelligence rather than ignorance because after a while if you don't do it right, you're not going to be there.
0: Right. So. Now I think I read a story somewhere, I don't know if this is true or not, so correct me, but if people were giving a speech on the floor and it was too long, you would hold up a time card? <laughs> Is that true? That's true. <laughs> that's funny.
1: And the people appreciated
0: it. <laughs> I yeah, bet they did. not
1: me. Yeah, I bet they did. That's funny. But you get these wordy people. What? Oh. You get these wordy people and some of them like to take the time and you're busy and you... Don't want to sit there and listen to a mimbo-jumbo. Right,
0: right. So.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, can you um, walk me through the process of generating a bill? When you knew that you wanted to put forth legislation, what then happened?
1: You get a, a supporter from the Democrat side, in my case.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you you have friends over there who you, who you trust and who you don't. And you go to the trustworthy ones and explain to them what you're trying to do, they they put their name on the bill. Okay. And then they would help you in committee actions and whatever else and go before the floor and explain to them what, what they're endeavoring to do. Mm-hmm. They picked up the Democrat side. So, uh, and then if there's any questions, they always refer back to the author, and you have to go up and present your mm-hmm. side of the going. Okay.
0: So would you have to do the research yourself, or did you use like legislative services, or? Me. You did it yourself? Yeah,
1: right? Okay. Yeah, because they're busy with so many different things, uh-huh. and when you need them, that's when they're not available. So I just developed my own workings. Okay. And worked out real well.
0: Okay. How was how legislative business conducted like outside of formal votes and committee meetings, you know, did you meet with people and and talk, or what did that look like?
1: Yeah, they got told me one to talked to me about it, bill number so and so, and I said, I hear better on a full stomach, so maybe we ought to go get a bite of tea. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're down there with no expenses on the, I mean, no expenses, income. Right. And uh, and they expected that. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't it wasn't hard because they if, if they like you they'll do it. Sure. And uh, so, so it, that's what I did. I wouldn't. And they said, where do you want to go? I said, well, out to Fujiyama. <laughs> you know <laughs> that is. <laughs> no. It's on the west side of Fort, uh-huh. of Indianapolis.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And it's a Japanese place. Uh-huh. Good food.
0: Well, we'll have to try that out. Then. Yeah,
1: Fujiyama. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's run that way now or yeah, not, I don't but know. when I was over there. Good. It was really a nice person. Uh-huh. So talking
0: over meals and coffee and things like that? Or? Yeah, and
1: yeah. you take Notepad with you and mm-hmm. write down what you want to ask mm-hmm. questions about or high points you want to bring out.
0: Sure.
1: And uh, it, most of those were where they were trying to gain votes for particular bills.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it gives you a chance to evaluate. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty particular on what I was going to support.
0: Mm-hmm. What made you so particular? Uh,
1: Just the impact that would have upon the constituency. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And uh, people recognize that real quick. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Did you have a sense then of how people would probably vote on issues before the voting took place? Or was it cutthroat or, you know, unknown until the end?
1: Well, what you do is try to find the people you want to talk to about it. That's influential. In their in their committee or their uh, or their uh, branch. Sure. And so if if they're compatible with it, you run with them. If they don't, you back away and go a different direction. Mhm. But you always try to find people that would complement the bill, and would be a uh, vote getter.
0: Mhm.
1: That's how that stuff gets passed.
0: Yeah, you gotta have someone sort of shepherding it through. Right. Mhm. Got it. During your tenure, what roles did party leadership play?
1: The caucuses. At, at a caucus, they would talk about the impact of the particular bill and how, how it might affect you or somebody else. And then they would explain away the, the things that were dragged through it or that complimented it, and you just take notes and keep that. And then when it comes time to vote on it, you got what information you need to do what you want to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, you were assistant pro-tem for a while. Uh-huh. How did that come about?
1: When I got Bob Gardner elected to to uh, the chairman, the, uh, sp- the speaker of the house, the president pro-tem, mm-hmm. And I, I went around and got signatures of each one of those people that I
3: mm-hmm. talked
1: to, uh, that they would support him.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, he was most happy because he never do a thing on his sub back and relax. Uh-huh. And uh, then, from that time on, it was just a real solid relationship between mm-hmm. Bob and I. Okay. And it was because of the work I did trying to get elected. Yeah. There wasn't any problem. He was a good guy and.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: He wasn't that well-known, mm-hmm. and uh, so I had to ex- explain away any questions they had, mm-hmm. and if he had a question that I couldn't answer, I got an answer for him,
3: mm-hmm.
1: went back to him. So, it's a, political, <laughs> that's what it is, yeah. but he was a real joy.
0: Uh-huh, go ahead. Um, what was the relationship between legislators and lobbyists like during your time?
1: you find people who you can trust and people you don't trust mm-hmm. I didn't waste my time with those I don't. I don't think like they do mm-hmm. well, Herman Schaefer was a, a good example of that because he he knew a lot about the lobbying process and he was a car car dealerships and uh, so I just if I had a question I'd just go to him and get an answer for him and bring it back
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I trusted him uh-huh. worked out real well
0: yeah. So would lobbyists um, sort of just come try to talk with you and get you on board with their legislation, or would you not not even interested in really talking with them? Like, what was their access like?
1: No, I I listened to them all. Okay. I, it took time, but I listened to them all, uh-huh. and I'd pick and choose who I wanted to and what I wanted to to follow. I see. And uh, that worked real well
3: mm-hmm.
1: because if. If people fear you're honest, let it. Yeah, okay.
0: What do you think the public doesn't know about the General Assembly or how it operates? Are there inner workings that we just don't know about?
1: I don't think people care that much. If they've got a bill and they want to get it passed, they contacted you, help push it through. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's a good bill
3: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, and they recognize that so that you end up being contacted by the people that you have confidence in mm-hmm. to get done what you want to get done mm-hmm. and it doesn't take them long to figure that out.
0: Mm-hmm. So if there's people who have you know issues that they want to put forth you know they'll, they'll come to you but if not most people just aren't aware of how it works. You think? Yeah, they trust you. They trust you. Yeah. To do the job for yeah, you. Yeah,
1: because you, you know, if, if you if you have confidence in somebody, let them do it.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And, uh huh. And if that doesn't work out, you go talk to them. If that doesn't work out, then you drop them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But
1: it's uh, it's it's just a personality
0: uh-huh.
1: situation where you.
0: Yeah. Well. I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about, because I, I don't quite understand all of this. I know that you, um, you you said you were involved in helping get Bob Garten in and then you were assistant pro-tim too, but before him I know, was it Phil Gootman and Chip Edwards and some others who kind of gotten in trouble through different things, which is why I think Garten was so straight-laced about mm-hmm. how he wanted to operate. Um, so do you remember what happened with Chip Edwards in the bail bill?
1: I think he probably changed, took, took money. Uh-huh. I, I don't know that for a fact. Yeah. But he was an attorney, and they'd do a lot of things that you and I wouldn't think about doing. Mm-hmm. And that's when the s- same type of situation. I liked Edwards real well, but, uh... But you you have to keep an eye on people like that too. I never, you know, I never got exposed to him with uh, a group. But but they own they had their favorites, and uh, I just make sure I'm not caught in the middle of something that was not right. And it worked.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's good, because I think. With that, the bail bill, didn't you sponsor that legislation that was one of yours? Yeah. Yeah. What what was do you remember what that bill was? Yeah,
1: you know, I don't. Yeah. Okay. I remember I remember the bail bill, but I don't remember what Yeah, what it was. Okay. And it, when you when you go to get uh, when you go to assume a position, you better know what you're doing. And I always contact the people I had confidence in that have a good reputation to get it answered. Mm -hmm. That's what makes the difference.
0: Mm -hmm. So you got to know who to trust and build that network. Okay. How did your legislative life affect your family?
1: Well, I got their permission to begin with before Uh I ever got exposed to it. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, once you're in there, then it's just up to you to make the thing work. Mm -hmm and my wife was real supportive Mm -hmm. and I kept her apprised of all the things that were happening Mm -hmm. because she was here with four kids and I'm down there doing my trick. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, so it's, uh, you just have to make sure good communications.
0: Yeah.
1: Like anything else.
0: Sure. What, what was your, were you Selling insurance, or were you doing realty during this time of your service? Insurance. Insurance, okay. yeah. How was that balancing the, that career and the legislative career?
1: Well, I had a twin brother that was mm-hmm. in the insurance also. Okay. And so when I needed help, I just go to him and he let, I let him follow through on the local level. Okay. So it worked out as a team. Yeah. He was a county commissioner too. Oh,
0: that's nice then. Yeah. What were the most controversial legislative issues during your time? Is there anything that sticks out for you?
1: No, because I I would study whatever they were working on, and then I make a judgment call and I'd stick with it. That's it's a wishy-washy one to get in trouble,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's where you do one thing one time and another another, and that, that's what destroys your image.
0: So you wanted to make sure you were consistent? Right. Okay. Is there a piece of legislation that you remember that you felt like you worked really hard on and that was really important to you?
1: Yeah. They had uh, an educational bill and the university was sponsoring, not sponsoring, but supporting it. And uh, so I made sure that I thoroughly understood and knew Mm -hmm. what the structure was and then Whenever anybody would ask me, I could just unload on them, you know? Uh-huh. you know.
0: Was this the one that allowed um, people who gave donations to get the tax credit in oh, businesses? Yeah. That Is that that bill? Yeah, one of them. Yeah. Because okay. that sounds like that was an important one that, it that changed
1: yeah. um,
0: financial for colleges. Yeah. So, did you have a close relationship to Huntington, was it college at the time, uh-huh. um, before you went to the legislature? Uh,
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because a lot of the stuff I worked up there on, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and uh, the president was a good friend of mine, Mm -hmm. and so he would converse with me about things that were effective Mm
3: -hmm.
1: in their uh, branch of the uh, education, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: and then I'd
3: I'd
1: carry the carry the ball on. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um. I've read in a couple of different newspaper articles that you were sort of known for being anti-regional or anti-regionalism. What does that mean?
2: They you
1: were circumventing the local government, and I didn't like that. Uh huh. I mean, it was, a, it was a like ten states would get together and do whatever. Well, I don't. I've never known ten states that agreed on anything, <clears throat> so I didn't. It's called regional government, and I don't like regional government. Uh-huh. And I wasn't a bit backward it.
0: Was that something that was just, why was that so popular during the time? Or was it,
1: I oh, guess. It was, it was, it was becoming popular. And, uh, and I did everything to fight it I could, and it finally died out mm-hmm. left. Mm-hmm. But it could have been a real damaging thing because when you deal with a regional, you're getting away from the local. And I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. And so I fought hard to get that straightened away.
0: Why didn't you like it? What, what was important about mm-hmm. it to keep it local for you?
1: Because you're taking the power away from the people locally mm-hmm. and giving it to somebody in, in five five states over. Because mm-hmm. that's what it was, it was different than the state thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, but anyhow. That, and it all developed later and showed up real good. So I appreciated that. Mm -hmm. You have to be careful what you stick your head into because it can reflect back on you, either good, bad, or indifferent. Uh And uh, so I was was always extra cautious to make, because I'm I'm also a religious person. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure that what I did there didn't jeopardize that Mm -hmm. ability Do what you want to do with religion.
0: Mm -hmm. So, did you feel, in particular, with the regional stuff, that that would sometimes tread on that?
1: It would. That's right, without question.
0: Okay. Hmm.
1: And finally, you know, after so many people got against it,
3: Mm
1: -hmm. which I helped push, you were happy that it died on the vine.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, You. From looking through your legislative list, you know, you were involved in a wide variety of committees during your time. What was committee work like?
1: It was, um, like for instance, take the education. Mm
3: -hmm. There
1: are certain things that would affect a lot of people adversely Mm -hmm. if it ever got out of committee, and I made sure that I had the background from Huntington University and places like that, that was doing a good job in education to make sure we didn't get caught in a bind. Mm-hmm. And uh, that really bore well for me because uh, it, they, people gain confidence in you.
0: Mm-hmm. So how, I wanna make sure I understand how it works. So someone would put forth legislation and you would either vote on it or not, Or it would be sent into committee? Or is everything sent into committee? Everything's in into committee. Okay. And then the committee would study Mm -hmm. it further and then sort of present a report on it, and then the second vote would occur?
1: That's right. Okay. Uh Uh-huh.
0: And then is there a third vote as well? Can it be sent back to the committee or go forward?
1: It can be, uh, yeah, it can be reversed. Okay. But it has to be done by the author. Okay. So if it's... If it's something that you find out later that wasn't good, you just start withdrawing your your uh, support. Okay. And then it ends up dying on the vine.
2: Yeah.
1: But that's what's, uh, that's what's nice about the legislative process because by the time it gets to that point, you really need to know what's happening. Yeah. And if you keep on top of it, mm-hmm. that's the guy that's gonna make the difference. Yeah, push it through.
0: Now, did you get to choose what committees you would be on, or was that all done by the pro tem?
1: No, oh, you choose.
0: You choose. Now, he may
1: ask you to, to serve on a committee. Okay. And if he does, just make sure it's something you can agree to,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and then do it. But the, everybody has their area of expertise. Right. And they also have the influ- influential side of it, too. Sure. So they, it,
0: you Was there a particular committee that you really enjoyed serving on? You know, I know you were on um, some insurance committees, the education, um, a whole bunch. Uh, Even environmental ones, I think.
1: Yeah, Yeah, the environmental thing you had to be real careful with because there are some of these kooks that get involved with the environmental Mm -hmm. and you're not sure if if you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. you get to support your own one and then that blemishes your attitude
0: what was your sort of take because I think I saw that you were on several different environmental committees and or were involved in maybe even some environmental legislation what got you interested in that
1: I'm trying to think there was back during the early years there was a lot of Misinformation that got out and that established itself in the legislature, and that's what you had to work hard on to uh, make sure that what you're supporting is supportable.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Because uh, you know everything everything involves reputation,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and if you get on the wrong side, it can do a lot of damage to you quickly, sure. and some of them it's irreparable. Yeah. You know, you, you can't you can't go back and make that stuff up yeah so you have to you have to believe in what you're doing or you got a real problem
0: yeah so were you just interested in environmental issues just personally not really yeah it was more through the yeah through the through the
1: legislative process okay because people come to you and they have a problem with it mm-hmm. explain it to you and then you make notes and mm-hmm. when it comes time to make a judgment call you've yeah. got what you want.
2: Okay.
1: So I think that develops a that develops a uh, a good basis for your future.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know we talked about being assistant pro tem, but I think you were assistant um, Republican Caucus leader, chairman, and also floor leader. What did those positions entail?
1: Well, the floor leader was what what the uh, present pro tem wanted done and, uh, you know, to to support his cause. Mm-hmm. And uh, then there, it's a matter of developing relationships with people that have the power to make the judgment call. And Sundar Bosma was a good one. Mm-hmm. And so was Dr. Borst, mm-hmm. good guy to work with. Mm-hmm. And their philosophy was right, and so, uh, I just, I developed friendships with those people, Mm -hmm. and whenever I had a question, they could answer for me. Okay. Most of his, most of his personality influenced.
0: Yeah, who you get along with and trust and like mm -hmm. and, okay. Can you tell me about maybe the biggest hurdle you overcame during your time as a legislature?
1: I think the biggest hurdle is when I left the House and went into the Senate, because it's a different ball game entirely. You're half as many people. Mm-hmm. They're important. Mm-hmm. So you just have to make sure that what you do is something you can live with. Mm-hmm. It's like everything else, you know, it creates a reputation.
0: Yeah. It sounds like that was really important to you, making sure that you maintained that and took the proper steps. Right. Mm-hmm. What was your proudest moment as a legislator?
1: Well, I think, that, I think the, the most important thing was the assistant president pro tem mm-hmm. because that puts you in leadership position mm-hmm. right next to the leader. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that developed a real good program for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and of course, when you get to that point, and people respect you more too because you, you've gained ground and uh, are in a position where you can do them some good too if they need it. Sure. But um, Bob Gardner is an easy guy to work with.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to talk with him in a couple of weeks. So are I'm you? excited about that. Yeah. Um,
1: you like him?
0: Yeah. He seems very friendly. Very yeah. nice. I suspect I may know the answer to this, but what, in your opinion, is the most important work? Of the
1: Indiana General Assembly, the ferreting out the trash and pushing the good, the good legislation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because it, it comes down to who can support what, and why do you support it? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then if you're if you're vocal, and you're on the good side, that makes you a better person. Okay. Okay. It's all reputation.
0: Well, when did you leave the General Assembly? In
1: nineteen oh boy, i getting back, was it 62?
0: I, well, no, no, I think it was
1: 80,
0: 84. 83, 84. It, yeah. yeah. Did you retire or did you <clears throat> lose an election or? No, I retired. You retired. Okay.
1: Yeah. Your, you know, your life changes mm-hmm. and uh, so do your, your attitudes and mm-hmm. whatever. And I at that point had just had enough of the legislative process that uh, I wanted to make a change.
0: Okay. Now I think I read. I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to remember the title of it. But were you then appointed to another state position? Was it a commissioner of? Oh
1: well, I'll tell you what happened. Okay. The guy that had this office that I took mm-hmm. had been pilfering money. <laughs> It's because uh, it was selling, I mean it was, um, had to do with licensure, and uh, Orr called me and told me that he got a problem over there. So he explained to me, I said, well, how will that affect my reputation? He said, you'll make your reputation.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So,
1: uh, he was a nice, oh I was a nice guy but he, I was there four years and three months. He never ever once came over, said boo, nothing, never called me mm-hmm. and uh, we got all things straightened away and and uh, showed sure good leadership. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And so, because there was an agency of like 40-some people. Wow. And they were pilfering money. And uh, so I didn't know that when I took the job. But it, it just amazed me, though, that he sit in a position, governor's position and that he would call me and then never come around or say boo or anything. Never did contact me.
0: Wow. After
1: I told him I'd take the job, never did contact me.
0: So did he feel like you would do a good job, and was hands off, or he just didn't care?
1: No, I think he, I think he thought I'd do a good job,
0: because
1: mm-hmm. he checked out before he ever called me
2: to,
1: yeah, to do it.
2: Yeah,
1: and uh, and I really enjoyed it. It was a good time. Forty mm-hmm. some people we had. Wow. And they all dealt with with licensure.
0: And For like. To be a beautician or to be a construction worker, or those right. types of licensing, uh, is that right? Right. Uh, now, was that position based out of Huntington, or did you have to stay in Indianapolis?
1: I stayed in Indianapolis. Indianapolis yeah, I okay. came back on weekends. Okay. Which is a big sacrifice to me because my family was here and I was there. Right. And uh, but I I did it with their approval. And you know, I told mm-hmm. I, "If you want me to, i won't to do it." Sure.
0: Sounds like Carol was very supportive. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it was a that was a good experience for me, mm-hmm. and uh, gave me the right the right uh, tone, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a good education. I bet. Yeah
0: now so you stayed in that job four years and then did you what did you do after that
1: oh boy mm-hmm. I came back to Huntington and uh reestablished my insurance took it away from my twin brother and which he was happy for because he had. <laughs> <laughs> when you dump two people's items on one person. So he was happy for the transition. But um, that's, what, that's what did it. And he just, he got tired of doing two people's job. Sure. And cause see, when you transfer those names over to him and he starts drawing the commission and I'm on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I have the other job, you know. Right. and Right. To tell you what kind of a, of a situation it created, I had eighteen hundred dollars a year from the legislature, and this job paid sixty thousand dollars a year. So my <laughs> my income, bingo. Yeah. And so uh, I didn't mind losing the insurance side of it when I had this side to take care of. Sure. And it just worked out perfect. hmm So. Okay.
0: How, oh, we'll come back to that, how would you summarize your time as a state legislator overall?
1: Productive. It's a good word. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: It was a good experience too. Mm-hmm. Because you're, uh, you're strictly dealing with personalities, mm-hmm. And the better your life, the better job you do. Mm-hmm. So that was important to me.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So you came back then and worked back in insurance. Now, when did you decide to run for mayor of Huntington?
1: When uh, the guy that was going to run for mayor wasn't a good guy. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: And so then this Paul Johnson, who was the head of the the Republican Party, Mm -hmm. came to me and said, you could do me a real favor. He'd
0: already called some favors for you, I think. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, Anyhow, that's what changed my view. I had no intention of ever getting involved, Mm -hmm. but uh, that was a good stepping stone Mm -hmm. and a lot of fun and good education and
0: Mm -hmm.
1: it was really well.
0: So then you were mayor for four or so years. years. Was that a lot different than serving in the legislature? Yes,
1: because it's a full time job. Mm-hmm. And you do it at home rather than hundred miles away. Sure. And that's what I liked about it. Mm-hmm. Probably the best job I ever had.
2: Yeah.
1: Because it was it was one that was real important and if you do it right, it's a real compliment.
0: Mhm. So so what did you do, what have you done since then? I take it you're not retired.
1: No. I'm, it's not uh my vocabulary. Uh-huh. Uh, when I left the uh, mayor's office, I'm trying to think what I, what I did. I was on the board at Olivet and that took quite a bit of time. Was there for forty-one years. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, it was a enjoyable time and mm-hmm. with good quality people. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then of course when you when you're in that position, there's a lot of influence on a lot of different areas. Mm-hmm. And uh, that kind of gets in your blood. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I was. The school was in the process of building. -hmm. And uh, it now has like four thousand students. Wow! And it just kept, and the guy that was in there was a good friend of my daughter's, and uh, which gave me a good insight. Mm -hmm. So uh, I enjoyed the relationship there too. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: So, but it was a good experience. Mm
0: The mayor, you mean? No, the education. The education was working over
1: there. Yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah.
2: Okay.
1: And I got a doctorate from him.
0: Oh. uh
2: Uh-huh. Doctor of of
1: Laws Mm -hmm. degree.
0: That's a nice honor. Yeah, it was. Real. Yeah. Wow. Well, I just have a few more questions here. Okay. Um, How has the state changed over the course of your lifetime?
1: I think they're a much stronger governmental agency than what it used to be, mm-hmm. because they've, we've had good leadership. And uh, and each time, each person, and Dr. Bowen's a good friend of mine, and we I did a lot of work for him,
3: mm-hmm.
1: but it was, it was a pleasurable job. And uh, it, our government in Indiana is the best. It's honest, and pure. That's a, that's a remarkable thing in government.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we've had good leadership.
0: Mm-hmm. So really that's been consistent, you think? Although uh, things have changed, yeah. I mean, that piece. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Do you think the General Assembly itself has changed? Just in its operation, or the character, or?
1: You know what, I haven't paid that much attention to it. Mm -hmm. Because when you're out of there, you're on the outside looking in. Yeah. And I, when I left there, I just, I left.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I left there and went to the four years and three months in the agency where they. Sure.
0: The licensure Mm -hmm. agency, okay. Well, what, if any, enduring qualities do Hoosiers have or hold
1: dear? Well, first of all, we're from a state that is complementary. Uh, if, you, if you look at the leadership we've had, has been tremendous. And the uh, structural activities mm-hmm. in the uh, process have bolstered and become good. We've had good leadership. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes the difference. And when you, when you have that quality, you know it's not like Chicago or someplace like that where they have all kinds of problems. Mm-hmm. We don't have that.
0: Yeah. So you think uh, the, the people's trust in their leaders. Exactly
1: right. Okay. That's what makes the difference. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Well, that really is all the questions that I had, and there were a lot, I know. <laughs> Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you would want to say on the record or anything I haven't asked that you'd like to go over?
1: No, I I just think that when a person's in in this position, Mm -hmm. you just need to know what you're doing is going to be long-lasting and have a tremendous impact. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: So uh, I think that's the important part about government. Mm It, it's a it's a great place to expose honesty and integrity and um, and that's what and I understood that going in so that's what that's what you develop mm-hmm. and I appreciate it
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it's been good to me
0: yeah too well great well thank you so much for taking time out of what is still a busy day for you I think <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, I really appreciate it, and I've enjoyed hearing about your experiences. They're really interesting. So I forgot to tell you one thing. Yeah.
1: Up at Huntington University, we have a, a lake called Lake Snowtip. And Have you heard it? I
0: have. That? Well, what I know that somehow you were involved in trying to get that lake. That, tell me that story. What well, is that about?
1: First of all, they had a beautiful area up there that needed to be developed. And the, the university couldn't afford
0: it. And what do you mean it needed to be developed? Like for the college? like Yeah,
1: for the college. Like as a park or something? It was, there was big trees in a big ravine. Mm-hmm. And uh, and everybody kept talking about how great it would be if we had a lake there. And so um, Bill Jetmore, who was another good friend of mine, he was the head of the Chamber of Commerce and he got involved with the public relations with the university. <clears throat> and I told I so what we need to do is see if we can't get something done. Uh-huh. And so I've got to, I didn't I didn't do this, but I I catch uh, my nose that's yeah. running away.
0: <laughs> it's that time of year.
1: It is, it is for me anyhow. Anyhow um this kid yeah, calling the kid, he taught for 45 years. <laughs> and uh, he called one day and said, would you mind if I would do a history on Lake Snowtip? I said, no, I wouldn't mind. He said, well, I won't take any of your time. I just wanted to get the permission. So I said, uh, you just jump at it. Oh. So here's the... Uh, And he did a beautiful job in in exercising the questions and the answers and whatever.
2: Yeah.
1: And uh, but I'll tell you what happened. Yeah. I uh, got involved with this. And I was on the board up there for several years, mm-hmm. and uh, and saw the need, but no money.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So I, I went to the president and told him, I'd be happy to work on it for this if you
3: mm-hmm.
1: if you would like. Well, he, he was also a good friend. And he said, boy, that'd be a blessing. Yeah. So I got with Bill Tittmuller, who worked up there in public relations. Mm-hmm. And we started to work on getting people involved with donating. Mm-hmm. I had a guy that was a good friend of mine that had a, a uh, equipment for earth moving. Oh, okay. And uh, I talked to him and he said, look, I could do that. He said, do you need an And I said, yeah, the estimate would be zero. <laughs> 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 it's
0: usually not what contractors want to hear.
1: <laughs> no. And uh, he was a good guy. But anyhow he said, uh, let me let me start you out. So he went in there with big chainsaws and whatever, knocked all the trees down and not bored you with all the but everything everything just developed. Mm-hmm. Then we went to Indianapolis and got the big tile that does for the drainage. And uh I had a friend of mine who has a had a a uh, Cement plant. He gave all the cement. Wow. And this actually done for them, but you got to get approval to do it.
3: Right.
2: So we just
1: went from one thing to another and just developed in stages. Uh huh. Next thing you know, we got a lake.
0: Wow. And when? About when was that finished? Oh boy.
1: Um. Oh.
0: Sixty-seven yeah. around there. Uh-huh. Okay. And so is that a kind of? I I haven't been on the campus. I'm not sure if I ever have, but if not, it's been a long time. But so it's kind of like on the edge of campus. Then
1: it's right in the campus. Oh,
0: right in the like campus. Right in the campus. Oh, okay.
1: uh-huh. Because there's buildings all around this. Oh,
0: okay.
1: Uh, the lady told me that she's ahead of the nursing program up there. She uh-huh. said out of her window.
0: <laughs> I bet that's a nice view. Yeah. Wow. And so then they decided to honor you and tip, Bill Tipmore was that his name? Yeah by naming it yeah. after you.
1: Uh,
0: That's funny how the they just named it. Oh did they?
1: Uh, okay, Snow tip. Yeah. And uh, So he just
3: mm-hmm.
1: He gives a history of it. Okay. but he did a good job in doing that too because you know I, I didn't give him any or any information whatsoever. He just went out and made contact with people to do work.
0: Yeah, is this my copy to yeah. keep? Oh yeah, that'd be great yeah. to, to yeah. have that information to know. Yeah, this money. guy had been
1: a teacher for forty five years
0: uh-huh.
1: and came back and and uh, this. Doctor at the university gave him permission to do the uh, research and development.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And, uh And he did a good job. Yeah,
0: well, that's nice to have that. Yeah, told that story. Told right. So, well, great. Yeah, I had read a little bit about it, but um, I wasn't sure exactly how that came about. So, yeah,
1: that's right. Yeah, that's. Nice. But that's a whole history right there. Yeah, we just it was just trial and error. Yeah, we went out and contacted who we need to uh-huh. contact. Once Indianapolis got the big trial donated, mm-hmm and uh, it's amazing how if you ask in a nice way, what they do. Mhm
0: that's a great, a great and important story too, so. Yeah.
1: It's uh, that'll be there forever, so.
0: Yeah. It's a nice legacy to have. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else that we haven't covered about your time in the legislature or as mayor or any stories that we've left out?
1: I don't think so. (laughs) We've been pretty thorough. Yeah, you cover a gammon.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, thanks again for for talking with me. I really appreciate it. So I'm glad to have been able to come up today.
1: I am glad to meet you too.
0: Thank you. All right. Well, I will just go ahead and hit stop then on these.
1: Okay.